Hey, welcome back to Let's Talk About It with Jackie and Megan. Where we like to talk about things that are messy, awkward, hard, or controversial and create a space for healing. Hey guys, welcome back to Let's Talk About It with Jackie and Megan. I feel like we haven't done an official intro in a long time. We've just kind of started talking. (laughs) We just jump right in. Um, Yeah, well... Last episode, I talked and talked and talked, and when I was editing it, I realized Megan said about three words. So this (laughs) next episode, I told Megan that uh, she needs to be the one to talk the most, so you get a break from my voice. Uh, So today, Megan's going to talk about her experience in birth and her reflections one year later, because I can't believe that Cece is going to be a year I know I I don't think I'm like I've prepared myself yeah I think I'm still in denial (laughs) that it's been a year I was thinking last night I was like wow she's been out of me longer than she was in me which is like weirdly sad to me even though that's all I wanted when I was pregnant was for her to get out (laughs) but and it's obviously ideal that like she would be because (laughs) She's going to live a long, beautiful life. <laughs> so, yeah. But it's just funny, funny. how like a year yeah. later, like everything is like clouded. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it was actually like really beautiful and I loved it, which is not the case. But I'm like, I guess I should do it again, which I suppose that's why we keep having babies, right? Yeah. When I was in college, one of my professors was saying that there is some kind of phenomena Um and I think it's, yeah, like the hormone, there's some kind of hormone shift. And I think it's really just bonding with your baby that your brain just completely forgets, like the way it processes information, <laughs> it forgets completely how bad it was. <laughs> the hormones of bonding with your baby, like take over and you're like, that was amazing. And I'm almost like, I think God set it up that way uh, so that people would keep having babies. Because if not, <laughs> they were probably, women would probably just stop having babies. <laughs> Yeah, I also think that's something that they should, like, prepare women more for is, like, there is such a rush of, like, adrenaline and hormones, like, happy, not to mention if you're on any sort of drugs in the hospital, that, like, the, like, first, I want to say, like, two days after were just, like, bliss. Like, I was like, la, and then you get home and you crash and you have, like, a hormonal dip. And I was reading somewhere online, and so I don't know if this is, like, accurate because whatever, it's the internet. But someone was saying, Mm -hmm. like, it's the equivalent of if for nine months you were taking, like, 100 birth control pills a day and then you just suddenly stopped. That's, like, the hormonal shift that you have. And I was like, that makes so much sense. And because the emotional, like, sudden crash was, like, so unexpected from like the first few days where you're like, I feel wonderful. Like I can totally do this postpartum thing. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely, postpartum depression is a real thing and some women experience it to like the extreme, but it's something that I never really thought about. And I was, I was thinking like, wow, it's because those hormone shifts are so strong from when you're having the baby, you're getting all of these hormones that are helping to grow your baby. And then suddenly very suddenly the baby is just out of your body and your hormones completely shift and they're changing and trying to regulate and you're breastfeeding so and not sleeping (laughs) right that's a real thing that I don't think people think about and I didn't I didn't realize that two days after it was there was total bliss or you know I've never had a baby oh that was my experience so I don't know that could be totally different for other people but I just know like in the hospital I was like I feel great I feel amazing like yeah I'm in a ton of pain and like this is like the worst physically I've ever been but like emotionally I feel wonderful and then I got home and it was like I can't stop crying I can't stop like shaking from anxiety like that kind of thing and I was like what happened (laughs) yeah and I think that's actually very common. Women don't talk about how hard it can be after emotionally because motherhood is a beautiful thing, but especially in Christian circles, they're like, this is the best time of your life. You just had a baby, especially when it's your first baby, because you don't really know what to expect, but it is a blessing and you are grateful, you know, that you've had a baby and your baby is healthy and so on, but people don't talk about, yeah, how difficult that is. And it's not even something you have complete control over. It's literally your hormones are changing and shifting 
Yeah. And it just can be very confusing. And then especially for someone like me who like had a birth experience that was like very much like unexpected, sort of like the opposite of what I was wanting. I was also dealing with like processing that experience along with all these hormonal shifts, all of these like emotions, all of the sleeplessness, all of the stress of a new baby. So it was a lot. Um, It's something like looking back, I'm like, wow, I was like kind of really struggling. And obviously like I got through it and I had like really awesome people to support me. I mean, you came over like several times and that was like super helpful, but it was like, I, I don't even think I realized in the moment how much I was feeling. I remember, yeah, I was over once and you just like, anytime you would eat, it would give you terrible anxiety. And I felt so bad because I knew that feeling, but it's a whole new level when you have that anxiety and you also have a whole new life you have to take care of while having that anxiety, which then makes your anxiety worse. So yeah, that's something that I am a little nervous for. (laughs) Yeah, I think I know there's like mixed feelings on this um especially online people talk about like oh you know after you give birth you shouldn't have any visitors like don't you know worry about that and I think for some people that could definitely be like super valid for me personally I think if I were to isolate and just be alone and not have anyone over I would have it would have been worse (laughs) so I always tell people like I wouldn't make that decision until you're in the moment Like, just have, like, be open with people and say, like, I don't know if I'll be, like, in a place to have you come visit. And then just, like, have some trusted people that, you know, aren't going to, like, come over and expect you to host or something. But, like, if you need them, like, they can come over and just, like, hold your baby, hold you, (laughs) be, like, just, like, a fun, like, presence and, like, kind of distract you. Because I think if it was just, like, me sitting at home alone, I would have been dying. (laughs) And for some people, maybe that would be awesome and they just want to rest and like not deal with anything. That's great. More power to you. That would not have been my experience. Yeah. So can you kind of talk a little bit about how you were preparing yourself for your birth experience and all of that leading up to it, what you did to kind of prepare yourself? Yeah, um, I know birth is something that at least a lot of my friends or other women I had spoken to was something they were scared of or like nervous of. For me, that wasn't the case. I wasn't really nervous or scared. Obviously, there was like a little like, oh, I've never done this before. And so there's like a little anxiety around that. It's the unknown. And I was aware like, oh, yeah, this is probably going to be painful or like probably going to be difficult or challenging. But like for me, I think it was just this like excitement that it was like a challenge. Like I I wanted to do it. I was like excited. I saw it as empowering. It was like very like feminine to me. And I was actually really looking forward to it. And so the months leading up, I did like a lot of mental, but also like physical preparation. Like I would do the like exercises to help like just strengthen muscles that are going to be used in labor my husband and I practiced like breathing exercises that we could do together during labor. Like I was really looking forward to just sort of like going into this with, I don't know, sort of like a marathon mindset of like, I'm training for this. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to like go through this, like really physically challenging, emotionally challenging, Mm -hmm. but also like really rewarding experience. And Mm -hmm. I'm someone who has like rather high pain tolerance. Like, so that didn't like really scare me so much. I really wanted to do like the unmedicated natural birth. That was really what I wanted to do. I watched a ton of like birth videos and I just saw it as like this really beautiful, crazy experience that like only women get to experience. Like it's so unique and special. So I saw it as like such an honor as well. So it was something I was really looking forward to and really excited about. And as I like got to the end of my pregnancy, I had a lot of impatience at the fact that I wasn't seeing any like progress (laughs) in my body I wasn't really having many contractions I wasn't progressing at all Mm -hmm. and I really wanted that like cinematic moment where your water breaks at home and you got to rush to the hospital like I wanted that (laughs) and it wasn't happening and as it got closer it was like I had to come to the realization that wasn't going to be my experience at all Mm -hmm. Um, and if you would have talked to anyone the two things I was most afraid of slash wanted to avoid at all costs were being induced 
and having a C-section. <laughs> Those were two things that I think even just like mentally and emotionally, I didn't even let myself go there. Cause I was like, I cannot even accept that those are two like realities that may happen because I don't want it that badly. Like I'm not going to prepare myself, which is not smart. I should have probably emotionally prepared myself for those possibilities as well. But in my mind, it was like, if I don't accept that that could happen, it won't. It won't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally understand that. And we've talked about before that there's such kind of a shame around having a C-section or even having to have use medications and not have a total natural natural birth. Is that something that you were affected by leading up to it? Or do you think it was just you personally really wanted that um and you were like oh I don't don't see anything wrong with it if you do but I yeah yeah I don't think there was like a shame so like for example my mom had all like all of her deliveries were c-sections um I knew like women personally who had c-sections it wasn't really like a shame I didn't view it as like a failure it was that to me was terrifying like birth labor birth to me there was like an element of control (laughs) there's an element of me doing this thing whereas a c-section was a complete lack like you're just spread open on a table and that like just the concept of like being completely helpless in that way was what like utterly terrified me and in along with that just being induced a lot of times people talk about like you're more likely to have a C-section if you're induced. Like any intervention mm-hmm. you have makes you more likely to have to have a C-section. And so I was like, right. no, no, no. Like in, induction is the road to me having this like awful thing happen to me where I'm completely out of control and I don't want that. And that's so terrifying. So I think that was part of it. And then the other part was I was really scared about C-section recovery, which I wish I could go back and tell myself that like it's totally okay. <laughs> and like recovery is it's hard but like very doable like in my mind I had this concept of like I was going to be out of commission for like months and like just horrible and I wouldn't be able to hold my baby or carry my baby and so I I think I had that fear as well just the recovery side and I wish I could like tell my past self like it'll be okay (laughs) that makes sense I'd never thought about it because so many women they plan their c-section that makes them feel more in control so that they can know when they're going to have a baby, but that's so true that when you're in labor, you're actually actively doing it. And there's, you have some sense of control, control of when you push and, you know, when you're in having a C-section, yeah, you're kind of strapped down and that's kind of taken away from you. I had never really thought about that, that way of thinking about it. And I was even thinking about this yesterday because I was listening to a podcast of another woman talking about her birth experience and it was her second child and she actually decided to like schedule a c-section whereas her first one was a natural like she went into labor had the baby naturally but because of some complications during her pregnancy this time her doctor wanted her to have a scheduled c-section and so they decided to do that and she talked about how like she felt so calm and like peaceful the entire time because it was like she knew what to expect and I was looking like thinking through it and I was like I think if it was something where I had weeks to prepare myself where I was emotionally like this is the end. Like, I know what I'm like looking forward to. I would have that feeling of sort of like control or peace. It was the like unexpectedness of having it thrust upon me, I think in the moment that caused so much anxiety around it. And the fact that I had been so avoidant around thinking through that option at all in the months leading up to it. Yeah, for sure. So I know you kind of started talking about your labor experience, but can you walk us through as much detail as you want? of yeah what your experience was with labor yeah I don't need to get super gory or in the details because no one wants to hear that (laughs) but basically I was by the time I went in to be induced I was I think 10 or 11 days overdue so I was almost 42 weeks and a lot of people will say like by 41 weeks a doctor will induce you just automatically for some reason, I don't know why, my doctor was very hesitant to induce me at all. And I think part of it was because I had no progression. <laughs> like I was not dilated. Mm-hmm. Like they couldn't even do, like, sometimes a doctor or a midwife will like do a membrane sweep, which I'm not going to explain it. If you want to know, you can Google it, but they'll do a membrane sweep Sounds and that kind of like will help jumpstart labor. 
they were not even able to do that to me because I was so not progressed. So I think he was nervous to even try and induce me because my body was just showing no sign of being open to labor yet. Uh, I don't know why. It's something I had to like really wrestle with God about because it felt like my body just failed. Like, why was it that I wasn't going into labor? It's something where I don't know. Like, I think, you know, if I were in olden times, I probably would have died in childbirth because I just don't, for some reason, things weren't going well. So I was really overdue. Um, I had to actually beg them crying to induce me because I was so miserable. Um, And looking back now, I know it's because she was so big. (laughs) They didn't know how big she was, but that's probably why I was like in so much pain. I was so miserable. So I begged them like crying to please schedule me for an induction. And they finally agreed. So I had like the day in mind. I was like, all right, this is the day. I like told my work. I officially went on maternity leave. And then the hospital called me and they were like, we don't have any room for you. So I had to wait an entire day of just like, they'll call me at any moment and I can go into the hospital. And it never came. It never came. They never called. They never called. And so you can ask my husband that day. I was a mess because I was like, I thought it would be over and it wasn't. So finally, the next morning, they called me and told me I could go in. And this is just because, you know, obviously they're going to take priority to women going into labor and showing up at the hospital. (laughs) They're not going to like bring me in to induce when there's no beds. So they finally had room for me. I went in and I was like maybe one centimeter dilated, like really not. But one thing they noted, they were like, you've actually been having a lot of contractions. So we're not sure why you're not progressing like they saw it as like odd but they were like you've had a lot of contractions like we can tell and I was like okay weird so that was probably another reason why I was in so much pain (laughs) so they decided to start the induction they gave me a side attack which is like a pill that they insert once again you can google that if you want um every few hours and it's supposed to help you start softening and dilating down there so they start doing these medications they have like are monitoring me one thing that looking back I wish I would have like advocated for myself more is I really wanted to move around I noticed that when I would start moving around like even just walking around the room my contractions would start I could like feel things progressing and then they would have come rushing in the room and they were like get in the bed get in the bed lay down lay down like no 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 no, no. and I wish I think this is why people have doulas. (laughs) And looking back, I wish I would have had a doula. I totally see now how they're necessary because I wish I had someone with me who knew to be like, no, it's okay. She can walk around. But at the time it's like, well, I didn't know. So I'm like, oh my gosh, okay. I guess I'll get back in bed. And every time I get back in bed, contractions would stop. Everything would pause again. So I don't know if that's why I didn't progress. I don't think there's any way for me to know, but that is something looking back, I wish... I would have been able to do because I wonder. <laughs> it makes me wonder. But anyway, so I was on these medications. I it was like all night long that I was just having contractions. And in my mind, I was like, this is good. Like it was pain, but it was pain with a purpose. Like I was like, finally, things are moving. Like I want this. It was a very uncomfortable night. I don't think I slept at all because the bed is meant for delivering a baby and not for sleeping. So it's more like a chair. <laughs> and I was having contractions all night and I had refused any sort of medication because I didn't want it because I was like, I don't want anything to slow this process down. I need things to be moving. So by morning, I was super optimistic. They come in and check me and I had only dilated another centimeter. So the entire night of medication and contractions had only made me go one more centimeter. So I was two centimeters and I was crushed because I was like, surely I was going to be four or five centimeters. Nope, only two. So I was super discouraged and they were like shocked. They were like, that is like, wow, like you've had a lot of side attack and you haven't progressed we want to try and break your water. And that was another thing I didn't want to do because I don't know, I just heard some things that that wasn't like ideal, but I was like, okay, like if that'll help. And they really started trying to push me to get an epidural at this point. Mm. I did not want to get an epidural because I had heard getting an epidural would slowly wear down. 
Um, so I kept telling them like, no, I can really handle it. Like the pain is not too much. Like I can do it. And they were like, well, you should at least get the epidural before you break your water because breaking your water is very painful. And I said, no. So I endured getting my water broken without any medication or anything, which is a very uncomfortable experience. But when they broke my water, they were like, wow, there's a lot of myconium. So it's pretty common if you go overdue that a baby will have myconium, which is that obviously babies don't like poop when they're in the womb, but they have their first poop after they are born. If they are too late, they'll have that in the womb. Now they're breathing it. So it's not good. So if that happens, they don't want you to be in labor for like a long time. So that caused some anxiety in me because I was like, great, now there's like a clock ticking. Like they broke my water. They know there's myconium. Like labor needs to progress now or they're going to like push for intervention. So I'm feeling like this pressure. So after they break my water, they're like, we're going to start you on Pitocin because that will help speed things up. And I'm like, good, fine. Like if Pitocin was something I really didn't want because I've heard horror stories about Pitocin, but if that's going to get me going, like, let's do it. So they start me on Pitocin and people are not kidding about Pitocin. It does jumpstart things. Mm. I started having like the most intense contractions. But once again, I was like, this is good. This is pain with a purpose. I can breathe through this. I have these exercises. I'm mentally prepared for this. It felt like good and encouraging. So I was like, this is good. Like things are progressing. Things are moving. So after hours of having really intense contractions and like they kept checking me I was not dilating <laughs> and so they were really pumping a lot of pitocin I was having contractions every minute so I would have maybe like a minute to like breathe and have a break and when I think about it I'm like that's what women are experiencing at the end of labor when they're about ready to push and I was experiencing that for hours <laughs> And so finally, after a while, I was so exhausted. I felt like almost sick. I couldn't like do anything. And I was like, I'm not going to be able to push later if I'm this exhausted. So I finally caved because they had been pressuring me the entire time to get an epidural. So I caved and I was like, all right, I'll get the epidural because they were telling me then they were like, well, actually, it's not going to slow your labor down. It's probably because you're so tired that you're the one making labor not progress. So if you get an epidural, you'll relax and then labor will progress. Like it's really your fault. (laughs) So I was like, okay. And once again, I didn't have anyone there that could be like, we could talk to the doctor and nurse or I don't know, just like advocate for me. And I was so like out of it at this point. I was like, okay, fine. So I got the epidural and I know some women love their epidural experience. I absolutely hated it. I don't think I will ever do it again. It was like the worst thing ever. Um, Getting the epidural, they messed it up the first time. So it was extremely painful. Um, uh, And then once I got it, for some reason, they had it so strong. And I kept asking them if they could like make it less strong. And they were like, no, like it's like, you're fine. But like, I couldn't move. I was like completely paralyzed. And they kept coming in and telling me, like, you need to roll over. You need to, like, change positions. And I was like, I physically can't. Like, the nurses, like, I'd have to have, like, two nurses in there, like, hauling my body and, like, rolling me over because I couldn't move, which is not the experience I've heard from other women. They can, like, still sort of have feeling and move. I could not. It made me super shaky and nauseous. So I was, I kept telling them, like, I think I'm going to throw up. And they would just, like, bring me a little, like, bag. Because I couldn't move. And so I would just like have to like lean my head to the side. So just like a really like miserable experience. I was like really hating it. And as I was afraid of, as soon as I got the epidural and started to relax, like the contractions started to slow down. So then they start pumping the Pitocin even more because they're like, oh no, your contractions are slowing down. So by this time, it's like getting towards the evening and they come and check me. And I had finally progressed to like four centimeters So I was feeling hopeful, but I was also feeling very discouraged because I was like, I've been going through so much pain for almost nothing. (laughs) So they come check me in the evening and I had started to regress. So because of how much, I don't know, medication I'd been on, just the fact that she was trying, like they could feel her head. So she was trying to dilate me, but she was so big, like her head was so large 
that I think she was really struggling to like dilate me. So I started to swell down there. So I actually started to regress to three centimeters. And my doctor was like, this isn't looking good. Like, I'm thinking we're going to have to do a C-section. And I was like completely shocked because (laughs) I don't know why (laughs) in my mind that wasn't going to happen. Like, surely there's another like medication or something they put you on that like that will put me into labor. So I was completely and utterly shocked. He ended up leaving the room. And then like a few minutes later, a bunch of nurses come rushing in because they're like, we need to turn off your Pitocin. Like her, her blood pressure is dropping um, because they were continuously monitoring her. So because she had been on so much Pitocin for so long, like she was starting to be in distress. So they were like, we need to like, t- like turn it way down. And I was like, no, because that I knew that meant like it's it's yeah. over. And so they like turn down my Pitocin and I just completely stall and I'm continuing to swell. And so my doctor comes in and he basically told me we can do the C-section now or we can wait an hour and it'll be an emergency. <laughs> and, and I remember I just like looked at him and I started crying and I was like, I don't want to get a C-section. And he was like, I know, but like, it's time, like, it's time to just like have your baby. And so then he left the room and I was like, oh my gosh. And then it was like just a blur. Like it was like suddenly like this decision has been made and like everything's happening. Like nurses are rushing in. The anesthesiologist comes in and starts explaining to me like how they're going to change my epidural so that they can do the procedure. And I was like filled with so much anxiety that I just like suddenly looked at them and I was like, I'm going to be sick. And I just start throwing up. And so they were like rushing around me because I was like, I can't move. Like, so I just felt so utterly helpless and like, yeah, just completely out of control, like pathetic. Um, So that's my emotional state going into the (laughs) C-section. Yeah, that's, you had told me the story before, but now it's even worse (laughs) hearing it. And John was there. The whole time and I can just imagine because he doesn't know anything about birth or right, what's right. best and him just having no idea what to do and and he was trying yeah. like he was very supportive like every time I was having a contraction he was running over to help me breathe to like hold my hand to, like talk with me or to distract me like he was really being amazing but yeah he doesn't know like he's not an expert on birth and and his concern was just like whatever is going to be safest so if the doctors are coming in and really pushing like you need the epidural he's going to be like well Megan maybe they're right you know and so it's hard because I I almost needed like a second opinion that wasn't hospital staff (laughs) exactly and that's why sometimes a doula can be good as they can advocate for you especially during your first pregnancy I've talked to several friends that they learned so much from their first pregnancy because they just didn't know the first time around. And I I just so often, yeah, I hear that women have not great experiences with hospitals, hospital staff, especially the first time mm-hmm. around. Yeah. And it wasn't even like they were being mean to me. Like, honestly, I had some like the most sweetest nurses, like really genuinely kind, caring I just think the whole philosophy of a hospital when it comes to birth is very different than like what I wanted. Um, And so obviously they're going to push for things or have like a certain like way things are done. Um, Not to mention, like, once again, looking back, I wish I would have like asked like, hey, do you need to be continuously monitoring me? Like, do I have to be confined to this bed or can I move around? Like, she's perfectly healthy. I've had a very safe pregnancy. Did I need to have monitors on me continually? No. Like looking back, I've done research. I didn't like I could have asked for that and they can't force you, you know, but I didn't have that knowledge that like that's even something I can ask for. Um, So, yeah, it's not that John wasn't being supportive or that they were being mean. It was just I needed more knowledge. But I also just think having someone there who can advocate for you when you're exhausted, like I can't talk when I'm in the middle of contractions every minute. So I'm just going to kind of have things done to me, you know. Yeah. So what was your actual experience during the C-section? Yes. So I was very, very anxious. Um, So like as they're wheeling me in, I was just like shaking. And like part of it was I'd already been shaking so much from the epidural. And then I was like super anxious because it was just like it felt like everything was suddenly happening to me. 
and I was like completely like I almost felt like I was outside of my body I was like what I'm just watching all of this happen so they wheel me into the operating room and I'm completely alone like because John had to go into a different room to get like scrubbed up to come into the operating room so I, it's just me and like all the staff I don't have John um I thank God for this anesthesiologist because she was so sweet she was like an angel she was like the only one there who was like really sympathetic towards me and Mm. was like not like because for them it's just another day like they're not like thinking that this is like a really scary experience they're like we do this every few hours so they're all just like like business as usual like chatting like being super like upbeat she was the only one who like really recognized like she's really scared um yeah and so I just remember like I could barely see anything so I was just like laying down and she was up by my head just like stroking my hair and she was like it'll be okay and like she was like reassuring me she's like explaining everything that was going on and she was the only one doing that um so that was like really really helpful because I didn't have anyone to Mm -hmm. like really help me through it and I felt really alone so she was just like yeah an angel um really sweet she was even like I know you're really anxious like that's totally normal and like as soon as they get the baby out like I'm gonna give you something to help you with your anxiety she could just like tell like I'm not okay (laughs) Mm -hmm. um so finally they let John come in I could sort of like see his head a bit um but they have you like completely like stretched out like your arms out um there's like a curtain in like my in front of my um head so I couldn't see anything but I could just feel everything and so it's weird because you don't feel pain but you feel everything like you feel like tugging you feel cutting you feel them moving things around there's like a misconception they take your organs out they don't take your organs out they just kind of like move them them around yeah (laughs) you can feel all that yes um and then I could feel when they took her out and it was like the most weird scary feeling because it was like I had been feeling her move inside of me. I didn't even realize that I could kind of like feel her heartbeat almost. And when she was suddenly like just jerked out, it was like, I just felt like something, like I described it in like a blog I wrote after the fact. I felt like they had removed my heart. Like I was like laying there and I was like, am I dead? You know, like something very important was just ripped out of me. And yeah, it was like a very like just jarring experience. Um, and she didn't cry right away because she had fluid in her lungs so I was just like terrified like I was like oh my gosh I just went through all of this and like I'm not even gonna be able to see my baby she finally did cry and they like kind of like peeked her around the curtain so I like got a glimpse of her and then they had to like go vacuum out her lungs and do all of that um and at this point John was able to go over there and like be with her but I'm still laying there cut open and so they're having to like stitch me up and like all this and so that was another thing that was really hard for me was I was looking forward to those moments after birth when it could be like she comes out and like is immediately on my chest and I had read about how important that was how like you know whatever um so I was really looking forward to that moment and I had to come to terms with like I'm not going to get that I'm I'm the last person in this room who's going to get to hold my baby Mm -hmm. um and so that was hard but they finally get her all okay they get me all okay and they like finally hand her to me and they start wheeling me out of the room and that's when I was like finally able to hold her and that was like the first moment where I was like I think I'm okay (laughs) like I can breathe again I felt like my system sort of regulate (laughs) yeah I was like she's here um and that moment is like super beautiful and special like looking back that's like one of my favorite memories of the labor and birth experience was like getting to hold her finally and like see her little face and it was crazy because I was like I feel like I don't know you like I've never seen you before and yet I do feel like I know you and I just kept like saying to myself like I'm your mama I'm your mama as they like wheeled me away um so that was really special. Um, but then afterwards, so they put you in this recovery room. They tried to help me like breastfeed her because they say like the sooner you can start trying to breastfeed, like the easier that journey will be for you. And that's something, once again, is hard for women who have C-sections is they don't get that immediate skin to skin contact that helps with breastfeeding. 
So they tried as soon as possible to like have me start to breastfeed her. And I just remember I was like, something feels wrong. Like something feels off. And I like looked at the nurse and I was like, I don't feel well. And then suddenly all these machines start beeping and like a bunch of people then rush in the room, take her away. And it was because my blood pressure had like very suddenly just dropped, Um, which is funny because I read some other people's experiences with C-sections and they had the same thing happen to them. So I don't know if it's like part of the anesthesia, like anesthesia, if it's like a medication they give you, I don't know. But I guess it happens to a lot of women where your blood pressure will really drop. Um, So yeah, I was throwing up. I was completely white as a sheet. It was like really like, whoa. Um, Yeah, so that was fun. (laughs) But then finally they get me like okay they give her back to me I'm able to like hold her and then finally like we were able to go to like the postpartum section and I was like it's over okay I can like start to relax now (laughs) Mm -hmm. and that that's just such a huge (laughs) experience and something that you really have to process through so how have you like after birth been able to reflect and process and come to terms with you know different aspects of your birth that didn't go as planned um and yeah I mean it's a little bit traumatic too so it's definitely something that you need to process through yeah I always feel kind of silly because I'm like I know women get c-sections every day and and some women really love the experience once again I just I hadn't prepared myself and I think that was a lot of it Um, but I really had to grieve this like beautiful empowering vision I had for how birth was going to go and how that experience was going to go I had to grieve like sort of a loss of that um I really struggled with feeling like it had been replaced by this really powerless experience of just like laying there and having them I always say I felt like they birthed her for me like I was just like a participant it wasn't like something where I was involved um that was just sort of that experience that I had been like looking forward to and completely it felt like it was like ripped away from me and I didn't know why I was like I had a lot of questions like why didn't my body progress why wasn't I able to and then a lot of what ifs like what if I had asked them to induce Mm. me sooner what if I had really pushed for things what if I had like got up and walked around more like would that you know is it my fault and so I just had to really like give that to the Lord and say like you are sovereign you are in control nothing is a surprise to you and I didn't do anything wrong and despite my best efforts this was how it went so this is how it was supposed to go and it was a very humbling experience it was a very yeah it wasn't what I had expected and so I really had to just release that to the Lord and thank him and and turn it into gratitude like thank you that didn't have to be an emergency c-section thank you that like she was okay thank you that I was able to recover. Thank you that, you know, CC wasn't harmed at all through this. Um, so just turning like those feelings of like discontentment and anger or sadness into joy and gratitude instead was something that helped. Um, and then just like readjusting my perspective, like I'm not a failure. <laughs> this was not my fault. I did give birth to my baby. I am like still completely valid when it comes to women who like are super powerful and amazing and give birth to babies like that's me as well um and then just I think as I released those hurts to God slowly I just had this like peace come to me that I was like this was how it was meant to be and things were okay and this is like God was with me the entire time um because it had felt like he was so far away because I was like begging him I was like come on I know you're like you could make me go into labor why is this not happening and looking back I was like he was like really near me and I just was it was hard for me to see that because things weren't going the way I wanted so just finding peace in that um and then also just like being inspired by my daughter I was like she was so brave like what a crazy experience for her to go through to be in the womb suddenly having like all of these medications all of these interventions happening and yet the entire time the nurses kept like laughing at how like energetic and like active she was and it really wasn't until the end where they were like oh no like she's not doing well and that's why I have peace that like I made the right decision because I was like she was such a trooper (laughs) until she couldn't anymore 
and like how brave that is. And so she really inspires me to like be brave about my experience. And like, even though it was scary, like I can look back on that and like, I don't see it as beautiful in a way as well. I mean, even as you're describing it, I keep, I feel inspired in like all the pain that you went through leading up to it because you wanted to have the best birth experience for your daughter and like do what was best. And just all the pain you endured even without the epidural, like leading up to it. I just kept thinking (laughs) like one day Cece's going to hear this story and be like, well, my mom really loves me. Like she went through so much (laughs) to bring me into the world and like, I don't know. Yeah. I just, I hear the story and I'm like, that's amazing. Like, I wonder if I could even like do that or endure all of that pain. I'm like, I would be like, give me that epidural right now, which is nothing wrong with that. But like, yeah, just because you wanted it to be the best birth experience for her and it's like not to slow down labor, you're like, whatever, like I will endure the pain, you know, for my baby to bring her into this world. And like what you thought was the best way and the safest way and I just yeah the whole time I kept thinking women are amazing I just can't believe women do do this um all to bring you know I mean to bring another life into the world which is so incredible um yeah I just think one day when Cece can understand she's gonna be like thank you mom (laughs) and then I can thank her too like you were the one inspiring me um one thing too I was really nervous that I would feel jealous or envious of other women like there were a lot of women around me at the time who like were also pregnant who were also giving birth who had like really normal like they went into labor and they gave birth naturally um I was scared I was like oh no I'm gonna be like really jealous or envious of them I think it was just the Lord that he just filled me with such like an utter joy and anytime I heard those stories like such joy and like gratitude that they had that experience and like no envy or jealousy um and I really thank him for that because I really I think that would have been such an ugly feeling you know as I was processing these disappointments to then also feel jealous and I didn't have any of that and I'm so thankful like even to this day when I hear someone have like a really amazing birth story like I'm so glad and like no part of me is like jealous I'm just like oh my gosh like thank goodness like I'm so happy um and so I'm really yeah, I'm really thankful that the Lord just like <laughs> sanctified me in that way and took those feelings. <laughs> yeah. And as you were talking about it, like the fact that you were not in control, I just kept thinking like what, and after the fact, almost like what, how spiritually, I don't know, like how almost like humbling that would be to like kind of give that control to the Lord and Emily Wilson, who we've talked about before, but she talks a lot about how she had 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 an emergency C-section with her first pregnancy. And so then they planned her C-section for her next pregnancy. Um, But she was talking about her experience and she was talking about how she felt like she was Jesus on the cross, like her arms tied, even the way that she was sitting um, and how she kind of processed through like taking her power back in the experience, but also like just surrendering it to God and being like, ultimately you are always the one that's in control. So it almost helped her to see like feeling like control was taking, taken from her just kind of surrendering that to God. Um, Mm -hmm. And how much like it really is just in his control. And I don't like what a, I don't know. Yeah. Like I feel like processing through, did you ever have to process through any feelings like that or yeah, I don't know what yeah, that part and of your I think process. I, oh yeah, I think just spiritually that's something I continue to wrestle with God about is like I want control in my life. I want to feel in control and I think it is almost a matter of pride. And I think there was an element of pride even going into labor of you know, I can do this. I can do this unmedicated. Like I am in control and I think just having that all ripped away from me like nothing I did worked. <laughs> no preparation was made any effect and I was suddenly just like struck with like this isn't about me at all like I this isn't about me being in control um and so once again it was like that shifting of perspective that I think I needed and I also think going into another birth experience I'll have such a different perspective um I'll have such a different just outlook on how it goes you know so like let's say my next one Lord willing is like very natural is very like that empowering beautiful sort of experience I wanted 
I just, I won't have any of that pride because I'll see it as like, that was just a gift from the Lord. That's the way it went. And it was nothing to do with me. Um, and I think I needed that little, little nudge yeah. <laughs> of humility. <laughs> so moving into your next pregnancy, are there things that you learned or maybe like it could be advice for any woman going through their first pregnancies of things that you would do differently next time, God willing? I think once again, just having someone there who can advocate for you. Um, I know I kept saying doula. That's not like accessible to everyone. Like there might not be doulas in your area. You might not be able to afford it. Like that's totally whatever, but just maybe finding someone like who has been through a birth experience before who can be with you or is just very knowledgeable or someone that you can do research with beforehand so that they in the moment can say, well, I know this is what she wants. You know, so she's having these contractions. She's not like well enough right now to like speak and like make decisions, but I can help her. Um, having someone like that with you, I think it would be so helpful. Um, not that you need to like battle the hospital and it's like, oh, it's us against them, but just like, how can I best help guide the experience? I think that's something that I want. And I would also encourage other women to consider. And then just like, asking questions, not just accepting like, oh, this is like they say, this is the logical next step. Um, Every birth is different. Everyone is different. And I think part of the problem with the hospital is they have a very like set, like this is how it goes. Yeah. It's not catered for each different pregnancy and you can't treat birth that way. <laughs> like this is just like, oh, first we do this then we do this then we do this. And then the baby is born. Um, uh, yeah, each woman, each pregnancy, each labor is different. Each baby is different. So just asking questions, pushing back a little bit. Um, yeah, just even like saying, oh, is that the best thing? Trying to refuse things and see what they say. Um, I think also for me personally, knowing that I married someone who is six foot seven and Cece uh -huh. was 10 pounds when she was born I I think I will advocate for myself to not go that far over too yeah if for some reason my body is again not going into natural labor I think I'm really going to say this was my experience at the, like the first time where I didn't go into labor I didn't go into labor and by the time I was induced she was so big I couldn't give birth I don't want that again um you know, induce me at the 40 week mark. You know, I know that's very controversial. People are very like opinionated about that. But I think for me personally, that's something I'll need to at the very least bring up and ask them about. Um, and I think I would consider a home birth. Um, obviously for this experience, it wouldn't have worked. Um, but ideally in the future, if my body does go into a natural labor, I think at the very least trying to labor at home for as much as I can would be a much better experience. Like being able to move around, being able to, you know, eat, <laughs> get in the shower, like just have those helpful things, um, lay in your own bed, stuff like that. I think if I was more at peace and comfortable, I just wonder how that labor would have progressed differently. So I think that's something yeah. too I want to at the very least try. Who knows? Once again, it's not in my control, but that would be something maybe that I would consider. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing, Megan. I think it really is a beautiful story and just like the reflections and what you've come away with it. And I'm also just happy that now we have Cece and she is beautiful yes. and healthy and I can't believe she's going to be a year old. I know. She's like a little girl and not a baby anymore. <laughs> um, which is just crazy because uh, it just doesn't feel like it's really been that long. It like does feel like it's been that long, but not been that long. I feel like I just came to your house for the first time to meet her. <laughs> And every time I see her, which granted is every few months, she's like drastically bigger and has different developments. Yep. And I'm like, stop growing, Cece. <laughs> John and I were looking at photos last night from the hospital and she was like so small, which obviously she wasn't even a small baby, but for us, she was so small. Um, she she could like she fit in just like the crook of his arm, like from elbow to hand. I know. And he was like holding her like that. And I was like, oh my gosh, like now she's like, <laughs> like two feet tall oh my god now she's like heavy to carry around and she's got quite the personality yes <laughs> yeah. yes I almost wonder if like 
I wonder if like parts of birth experiences like affect a baby's personality at all or like I always think about that like how does this like how does the baby how how do they end up like processing all of this or does it not affect them I always yeah I always wonder about I that know too. I always I wonder as well um it's a funny too that you can like sense different aspects of their personality when they're in the womb like john and i would always laugh because every appointment we went on she would like avoid the ultrasound or they would try and do that like to listen to the heartbeat and she was like moving around kicking like the thing and i was like she's spunky like she is spunky and stubborn and that's exactly how she is (laughs) so funny yeah that's yeah it's so funny how they can already have so much of their personality in the womb that is just that's really interesting to me and that was before you gave birth so she was already just a very spunky strong willed little baby (laughs) big personality that's so funny yeah that would be interesting one day too more and more research on Mm -hmm. babies in the womb and that kind of yeah that is funny but yeah. Thank you. Once, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing and being vulnerable because birth experiences. Yeah. Like what a vulnerable thing to share about or to experience. I can't really imagine anything more vulnerable than giving birth. <laughs> and it's such a significant moment in your life, uh, especially the first time. So yeah, thank you for sharing. And I feel like I just, I do, I feel like it blessed me to hear it. And I feel like women that especially um, have given birth, Um, or even had a similar experience to you and how you've been able to process it and come to peace with it and move forward, I think it will be really helpful. Thank you for listening. I think it's funny. I I did write a blog, which I can link like maybe a week after or something. Like it was very much like in the raw, like processing of it. Um, But I think even just a year later, being able to verbally process it, I feel like I even just experienced some healing. So yeah. yeah, I really do hope that someone listening to this who maybe had a similar experience and hasn't been through that processing, I hope even just a little bit that like my thoughts and like reflections on it would help trigger some of that reflecting in them as well. Because yeah, this is not an isolated experience. Like a lot of women experience something like this and it can feel really lonely. Um, but so not alone and yeah i would love to talk to anyone too who maybe had a similar experience amen 